Good morning, castaways, and welcome to Twists and Torches. My name is Cameron, and today I'm going to be breaking down the premiere of Survivor 44. Hey, it's good to good to see everyone. It's been been a while. I took uh, some time off with the off season, um, and I was thinking about, if I'm being honest, just taking the time off for this season 44 as well. My schedule is quite tight. And I was struggling to find a way to wake and work. But then, then I watched this premiere and I thought I can't resist stepping back into the recording booth and giving my thoughts on Survivor 44. Because it seems like there's a good possibility that this is a very exciting season and I would hate to miss following along with all of you on this Survivor journey. You may have noticed that last season on Survivor 43, despite the fact that I did really enjoy the season, I was having trouble getting on a consistent schedule, and the quality of the content was not up to the standard that I wanted. And so I was thinking that I'd rather not create anything than create something subpar, just because of the amount of time that I have. But I changed my mind when I saw this premiere, and I was thinking about it, and so these uploads the episodes maybe a little bit later than usual but uh, I still plan to cover each week as I can so I may be recording over the weekend when I have more time and putting them out um, on a different day Um, so I hope that that's okay with all of you castaways Um, I'd rather put something out than nothing at all Um, and that that is still up to the quality that um I'm trying to go for here, not wanting to just put something subpar out there. So I'm going to do what I can. Uh, Hopefully, I'll stick to this and be able to commit through the season. Um, But uh, I'm glad to be back. I hope uh, that I'm glad to be back on your phones or your computers or your iPads. And uh, yeah, let's get get into it. So Survivor 44, can't believe that it's already here. March really snuck up on us here with January and February really flew by. Um, but here we are. Uh, we ended up with, uh, it's another of these new age seasons, 18 castaways, three tribes of six shortened 26 day season, which of course, uh, is disappointing. Um, but at the same time, uh, glad to have survivor back on our screens, no matter what happens. And while I'm hoping for changes to come, I recognize that some survivor, even not great survivor is better than no survivor at all. Except for Thailand, of course. Anyway, uh, here we are. Uh, We've got three tribes. We've got the Tika tribe in purple, the Ratu tribe in orange, and the Soka tribe in green. I really wish they would uh, use better names the last couple seasons. They've been very short and almost very similar to previous names, and I'd wish there was a little bit more variety. I'm not the biggest tribe name enthusiast by any means, uh, but at the same time, Definitely uh, gets a little bit old when the tribes, you can't even remember what the heck the names are. Uh, We've got uh, an interesting uh, couple groups of six. um, And actually, right off the bat, we have a very action-packed premiere. We had a two-hour premiere, which is very nice and very necessary, considering the amount of things that were going on in this episode. Um, They threw a lot of... I was very much reminded of 41. They threw a lot of different twists and different kind of trinkets and things to deal with at the castaways. And we also, uh, of course, got to follow along as they went. Um, 
but it, it certainly was packed full of, of a lot. And actually, by the end of it, we see two castaways eliminated from the game, uh, both in rather unique ways. Um, so first of all, when they get marooned, they jump right into a reward challenge uh, involving racing under some sand obstacles, uh, classic collecting puzzle pieces, um, and then completing a block puzzle and then removing some rings from a pole. Um, so nothing too out of the ordinary for the first uh, first challenge. The first tribe actually won Flint. The second tribe had to choose Savier Sweat. So interestingly, a little bit of a break from the last couple Savier Sweats. And then the third tribe got what option was not chosen. So the first tribe doesn't have to do it at all. Second tribe gets to pick which one they prefer. And then the third tribe actually uh, gets whatever is left over. Um, and of course, uh, what ended up happening was the Soka tribe, the green tribe, uh, actually won the challenge. So uh, a green tribe of six winning the first challenge. I uh, can't remember the last time that that happened. That's for sure. Uh, Ratu, the orange tribe, actually ended up finishing second. Uh, the challenge was stopped midway, uh, because Bruce had hit his head, uh, on something. I, I believe it was a wooden, like a log obstacle and actually had a pretty big gash. Um, he was clear to continue. They did end up stopping the challenge, but, um, medical looked at it afterward as well. And they said they were going to monitor him. Um, what actually ended up happening, I'll just jump a little bit ahead here, um, and, and Bruce being on the uh, the Tika tribe, the purple tribe. He's actually from Rhode Island, so I was very sad to see him go, unfortunately. Um, him and Franny, of course, are the, my New England folks that I, I've, I was rooting for at the beginning of the season. Um, but unfortunately, uh, I guess he was going to be evaluated for a concussion. It was like the NFL, like concussion protocol. Um, and the producers decided that it was no longer safe for him to continue to um, to continue in the game. And so unfortunately was was Medifact and pulled out of the game on day one, which I believe is the first time that happened. Jackson, I think last season was day two, and that was not like a medical evacuation. It was like a rules situation. Um, so yeah, this is definitely unprecedented to have someone go out so early. It's such a shame for Bruce. I believe Jess, Jeff ended up saying that he was going to want to invite Bruce back to compete on a later season that, of course, hasn't been determined yet. But uh, glad to hear that, that at least they are thinking about that. And I guess they really liked him, and he's been in casting for a while. And so to have this disappointing thing happen, I feel bad for him and, of course, his tribe. Um but uh, he ends up being the first person eliminated. Um, anyways, uh, the uh, Ratu tribe ended up choosing the uh, sweat challenge. And so Brandon and Matthew ended up dragging a big net between two stations and it was carrying coconuts. This actually looked like one of the harder ones. Um, the sweats before usually are like, oh, you have to do, they were almost reminiscent of the edge challenges from winners at war where you just have to you have like four hours to just get a bunch of things and or like some water or dirt or sand or something like that and just you have a couple hours and you're you're moving around but this was like a, a arduous thing that they had to continuously do and they did take a lot of breaks which i think ended up being correct because you don't want to run out of steam because when you have the energy you pull quicker especially something so heavy 
And they did end up completing it, so good for them. I think they cut it a little bit close, or at least the edit made it seem that way. At the Tika camp, uh, Helen and Carson completed the Savvy Challenge. It was quite quick, actually, and it's funny because Helen had said in her bio she didn't want people to think she was very smart. She wanted to kind of play up that she was like a little bit spacey and kind of an airhead and uh, I think she kind of blew that out of the window when she started talking about the uh, the matrix of the. It was like a um, like a spherical, a bunch of rings, and they were ha- they were supposed to decide how many rings there were. Um, also, uh, during this first camp segment, as they were going back and forth between the tribes, they each found it was obviously pretty pretty much in the center of where their camp is, and I think they have to get past it to travel to water or tree mail or something there's a big like bird cage with something in it and they're all locked and there's so there's some kind of mystery advantage inside um the next part and this is again right out of 41 definitely a lot of a, a lot of 41 here where they're kind of experimenting seemingly with different types of advantages um i think that 43 was a little bit tamer which i liked but maybe jeff was itching to get a couple more things out there and so what ends up happening is uh, some boats arrive, and it's funny, two of the tribes, they nobody wanted to go. And so they had to draw straws to go. And then the uh, third tribe, uh, actually everyone wanted to go. And so the person who, who drew the straw actually kind of lucked out, um, which was, it was definitely an interesting uh, way to, to go about things. So strangely enough, there's actually a Matt and a Matthew at least they're on different tribes on this season, um, which is very frustrating. Sometimes when it's, you know, if it's like Natalie or Kelly, like that's a little, but the fact that it's like Matt, and you know, there's a lot of Matts out there. I mean, everyone listening to this knows at least one, right? I mean, I'm willing to bet on that. Uh, so it's going to be kind of hard to maybe distinguish which one I'm talking about. I'll try to do Matt and Matthew as much as I can, but um quite difficult. So, uh, Lauren, Matt, and Sarah ended up going to the summit, uh, but they were actually given individual chances at advantages. So there was actually no real social component to this, which I think is kind of lame. Um, that's the one thing about the summit I like is you have to go with someone from a different tribe who you don't know, and you have to kind of form a connection or some kind of casual acquaintanceship just to get to meet the person and know what they're like and then make a decision based off of that but like they didn't even need to meet they could have just pulled them aside and just given them this thing individually they didn't even need to go to the summit so I thought that was kind of silly um I mean it's good that they like meet each other I guess and and it did yield somewhat of an interesting result because I guess some of the people decided to not tell the truth about what their advantage was and at the challenge that came out a little bit so it's like a little bit of a social caveat in there uh, but I would I do like the part um, where they actually have to make a decision socially in that situation so kind of miss that miss that opportunity here so what they had to do was they actually had a one in three chance at an advantage but if they got it wrong they lost their vote at the next tribal and but they could elect to pick again so that it's a 50-50. But you can lose a second vote, but the other thing is an advantage. So the the three, uh, presumably, we only saw what two of them are, but the, presumably the three are different advantages. Um, so they eat, they had to like pick their own path, I suppose. So it wasn't like set out for them. They don't all get the same advantage. 
So what ends up happening is Matt, unfortunately, lost both votes. So now he cannot vote for the next two tribal councils, which is very detrimental. One tribal on a tribe of six, you can get by, but two tribals, that's that's pretty rough. Uh, Sarah lost her first vote, but then picked again and got an inheritage inheritance advantage. So basically, it's like a big net. And so if a bunch of advantages or idols or even one is played at a tribal council, she plays this, and then she, with her net, she scoops them all up and puts them in her pocket. So she gets a bunch of things that were already played. So this could potentially be extremely powerful if there's multiple idols. She could possibly leverage this, and maybe she knows multiple people with idols, get multiple people to play at the same time. She ends up with two idols towards the end of the merge, and then she gets to the end of the game. That could be extremely powerful. It could also be useless. I presume that they would have to play it before tribal or indicate to someone or maybe when they vote. Uh, I'm not sure. Um how that would work but uh presumably a decision would have to be made this isn't like a guaranteed like oh once i see that three things have been played then i play it i don't think that's how it works lauren did not lose any votes she just got a bank your vote advantage so what she gets to do is give up her vote at a tribal in exchange for an extra vote so instead of just being given an extra vote she actually has to give up her vote um and nobody you know would know about that so that could cause some interesting scenarios and it kind of did at this tribal council spoiler alert um so she elects actually to use it right away to get an extra vote which is interesting um i guess considering this is probably the time when her vote is least valuable um at least uh until the merge just because there's the most people so statistically it makes the most sense i mean if she was in a lot of trouble maybe it would have been the wrong decision but hey um we'll we'll get to that uh during the summit, so while people were away, um, the Ratu tribe decided to actually look for the key. Um, Brandon ended up finding it. Brandon is the former NFL player. Uh, and he decided to publicly open the cage and retrieve the advantage. He, he actually found it, uh, and Maddie was kind of nearby, so he wasn't quite sure. He's like, oh, can I hide it from her? We get in confessional that she did see him, so she was like, oh, this guy's being sketchy. And then eventually she decided to show him uh, he he decided to show her, but I think it was a little bit too little too late, so she didn't trust him. Um, and then he, of course, had insult to injury. He decides to open the cage, and it's an idol. So now everybody knows that Brandon has an idol. Maddie is now saying that he's not very trustworthy. She's decided, I, I believe she's allied with Lauren, or so it seems, and so she does end up confiding in her uh, kind of about what happened with the clue. And saying that she doesn't trust Brandon. Uh, at the immunity challenge, uh, there was a, a paddling uh, aspect where the tribes kind of paddled in boats around buoys. It was very classic, very old school. Uh, first part of the challenge before retrieving a large chest uh, on the seafloor uh, where they would then need to open it uh, to unlock some puzzle pieces and solve a big sliding block puzzle. Uh, we didn't have a David versus Goliath five second sliding puzzle this time, uh, but there was one tribe that had a pretty significant um, advantage and, and they won pretty early after that first tribe had won, um, who I believe was the, uh, was it the Soka tribe? Yeah, I believe it was the Soka tribe actually won first, but then, uh, Brandon seemed to be suffering from some kind of heat exhaustion or dehydration or something like that. Um, so that again, the try the challenge was halted, which, you know, I think the first time Jeff ever did this was in 42. There are times where like between rounds, things would happen like, uh, uh, Brandon, um, 
or Ben Browning rather was kicked out of a challenge kind of like Jeff stopped the round and ended the round and kicked him out. Um, but, uh, I, or, you know, when coach in heroes versus villains uses other arm, uh, to cheat and they had to like replay the round, um, that was stopped, but never like in the middle of like a race challenge has Jeff stopped it until 42 when that happened. Um, and so now it's happened several times in the last few seasons, which is definitely a big change and twice in one episode, which is definitely a first, uh, Brandon got pulled out of the challenge, but was able to remain in the game. Uh, during all the commotion, Matthew actually was kind of talking to Claire from a different tribe that Lauren may have lied about what she got from the summit because they all came back with kind of different stories from from what happened. I believe Matt was partially honest. He said he lost his boat at one tribal, but he didn't say two, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Lauren, her story was very um, kind of off the off the rails a little bit and then i don't recall exactly what sarah said but uh they definitely each had different approaches and coming back from these summits i feel like in the new age like it's smarter to be as like honest as you can or like at least like put on a show that you're being honest when like it's like a slight lie where it's like a little bit different because that seems to be most effective if you like make something completely up someone's gonna go the next cycle and just blow up your whole spot um, or, you know, someone talks to a different person at a challenge to learn information. Um, so I guess uh, Claire was telling uh, Matthew that, oh, but that's not what uh, that's not what Sarah said when she came back. So uh, definitely um, not exactly uh, being honest there. So uh, there's a little bit of suspicion there, um, and it, it does lead to some drama prior to Tribal Council. Um, so uh, Soka and then subsequently Tika ended up winning immunity. Brandon ended up being fine, so he was able to go back into the game. Um, at the camp, Matthew actually told this information to the rest of the tribe, including Maddie and Brandon, um, and they were concocting a plan to target Lauren. But... Um, Maddie did not want to target Lauren and actually wanted to go after Brandon to uh, to flush out his idol. Uh, so Jamie was also seemingly on board with this, and so they had uh, and Kane was up in the air. Um, and so they kind of there was going into tribal, it was pretty clear it was either uh, Brandon or uh, or Lauren. And so in an interesting tribal council, first of all, the first ever time that shot in the dark succeeded. Um, it had never in the history of Survivor succeeded um, at the one in six odds. I think it had been played something like three or four times. And this is the first time. So Jamie makes history, actually succeeds, even though she was in no danger. Um, but her and Matthew actually use it as a... Like, I, I want to say a neutrality statement or a decision that, hey, like, we trust our tribe mates. We stand by what they're going to decide. And so we're not going to vote here. At the same time, interestingly, they're saying, well, we're giving up the shot in the dark now. Now we cannot use it later in the game. That could play to their advantage where maybe you keep someone like that because you know they can't pull that out of nowhere. Um, it's possible that the mindset around shot in the dark is different on this season just because Jamie's actually succeeded. And so people might think, oh, 
Like this actually is possible, whereas previously it, it never had been. Um, so Jamie's succeeded, but Matthew's did not, obviously, because there's only one success. But it didn't matter because neither of them received any votes. At the same time, Lauren decided to use her advantage to not vote and take an extra vote that she can play at another time. And so we only have three votes in the urn from Kane, Maddie, and Brandon. And so, uh, in a surprise twist, despite Lauren seeming to be the target, Brandon actually decides to vote for Maddie. Kane and Maddie were on board with the plan to vote for Brandon, but Brandon intelligently realizes that there is a plan to get him, and with multiple people declaring publicly that they were not playing the shot in the dark, including Matthew, who I believed he thought he was with, decided to play his idol and it was correct. It's actually the first correct idol play since Winners at War. So it's been quite a while since we've seen an idol play go correctly. So congratulations to Brandon and Jamie for both uh, having a successful advantage play. So Kane and Maddie's votes are nullified. And with just a single vote to go, Maddie was eliminated by Brandon, who used the idol. And so poor Maddie eliminated with just a single vote. That's the first time in a long time that that's happened. Um, definitely one of the crazier first tribals of a season I think I've seen. Just the amount of advantages in play already. Um, the fact that multiple people can decide not to vote is definitely a hallmark of modern Survivor. Love it or hate it. And personally, I hate it, of course. Um, but uh, I understand the... Um, the appeal of getting off to the races, especially with a two-hour episode where we spent a lot of time on these kind of trinkets. Um, interestingly, we didn't get any of the flashbacks that have been, or the 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 backstory that have been a, a hallmark of the last few seasons. We didn't really get a, oh, this is my story, and then they show like family photos and them as a child, which I was kind of surprised by because there's a few people whose stories I can see them using in this way. Carolyn uh, notably comes to mind. Um, there's a few other folks out there as well that definitely have some backgrounds. Um, maybe Yam Yam or, or Matt or Matthew um, definitely have some backgrounds that would be one that they would have showed on 41, 42, or 43. But I don't mind it. Uh, I feel like we're most certainly going to get additional ones um, moving forward. Uh, the next couple episodes, I would be shocked if we didn't. And so far, so good. Uh, I like this cast. Uh, I thought that the Carolyn opening confessional was rather funny. Um, she's definitely someone to watch as a bit of a wild card uh, in character. I'm not sure about the game. Well, time will tell. Uh, but definitely someone to watch. Uh, certainly the potential wild card of the season. Um, I also found myself uh, enjoying Brandon on this episode. Um, I think that he made a couple of mistakes, but at the same time, I recognized the need to play his idol sarah is is another early favorite of mine um who i think potentially could do very well as is uh as is uh danny who we didn't see a ton from um but early on um i think that there's uh, a potential there for him to be a, a pretty good player and yam yam i mean who doesn't like yam yam right uh so that's it that's it for the premiere um like i said hoping to be back on a regular cadence, um, but most likely with later in the week uploads, um, just recording right after the episode or even like the next day um, is a little bit difficult, um, especially, you know, often having to watch the episode multiple times. Uh, and so with that in mind, with my schedule in mind, I'm definitely uh, going to make an effort. But uh, like I said, expect uploads that are 
uh, during the week of the episode before the preview, before the next one, as maybe a nice recap before you get to the next episode. Um, but nothing um, super early, or I, I definitely can't meet Rob Cesarnino's schedule, right? All right. Um, well, that's it. Uh, thank you so much for joining me and uh, for your patience last season once again. Um, and thank you for, for coming back. Um, I really appreciate each and every person who listens. I, I, I definitely see that and just um, happy to share my passion for Survivor with other fans. If you did enjoy this episode, uh, please go ahead and um, share with a friend if you uh, you have a friend just getting into Survivor for this season or perhaps coming back and they enjoy additional content, feel free to share this indie podcast with them. Additionally, uh, feel free to follow us on Twitter at twists the letter and torches. That's all one word. And uh, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Well, that's it for me. Uh, thanks so much for listening and have a good one. <laughs>